Let's take off. Bongani and Nala on Radio 2000. So on the line, we've got a public health specialist and deputy dean at UCT's Faculty of Health Sciences. Good morning, Karen. Welcome to the show. Good morning. Good morning. Good to speak uh, to this B117 from the UK and B1617 from India. Um, we've all seen it And I don't know why But I just think as any South African We go into a panic Maybe because I don't know enough What can you tell us About these new variants That are in South Africa? So all of the, of the variants of concern um, Around the world Are those that have mutated To an extent that um, the, uh, They outwit um, The previous immunity That has been built From um, in the, in the first waves of COVID. Yeah. But I think that, that right now, so this is obviously something that um, has been watched for um, and waited for, and we have incredible genomic surveillance in the country that we are, um, that, that we actually can detect uh, new variants as quickly as we have. Uh, what we really need, so, so the first thing to note is that most of the variants of the, of the variants have been detected in travelers. So they have um, returned from, from travel. However, there is some, um, just a couple of people who have been detected with community transmission. And that's yeah. really what we're looking for is, is um, infection in the country. But I think more importantly is that we've already started to see um, even before the variants were detected, a slow um, and but steady increase across the country, mostly in uh, Gauteng and Free State, and now starting to see in the Western Cape. We're starting to see increases in cases, increases in positivity, and so these are all the indicators for resurgence, um, increased uh, positivity um, of, of positive cases, um, increased admissions, um, deaths are a little tricky because they're small numbers at the moment, and so increases um, can still be by, um, by chance, and so we don't make a prediction on that yet. Yeah. Um, but also increased oxygen use. So all of those factors we monitor very closely to see whether we have um, we're starting to see a resurgence, and we're already starting to see that over the past week or two. Um, and so the concern really is that we were looking at a third, a start of a third wave um, even before we started to see the variants. And that's mainly due to, change, to, to behavior change. So people who are getting a little bit more relaxed, um, they're not seeing as much, they think that they can... Um, yeah, that they can you know, chill a bit and not wear their masks as regularly and congregate and get together. And I mean, we've seen, um, for instance, things like the, the Department of Basic Education has allowed all schools to return to full uh, sporting activity. So all of those things um, start to contribute, to, you know, make, make the circumstances ripe for a, for a third wave. And then obviously putting... Yeah. Yes. So the um, you know it's it's obviously finding this 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 balance between um, allowing for for economic activity whilst at the same time managing uh, infections and obviously total border um, closures facilitate mean that you're not bringing in additional um, ad- additional infections so. You know, pretty much um, South Africa was seeded by international travel initially, as were most um, 
other non-European countries. So we've, um, yeah, in fact, non-China countries. You know, everybody was seeded by by travel initially. Um, And so obviously closing borders is is an important mechanism, um, but it's a very blunt mechanism. And um, and the border measures of of have requiring um, a negative PCR are are good measures, but obviously they're not perfect. And that's really what the the, the, the um, issue is: is that sometimes then you do need to put blunt measures in place. But I think we we're more at risk from behaviour change um, and uh, and our own uh, behaviour in the country than we are from uh, from travel alone. Karen, before we let you go, so the minister was talking about herd immunity uh, possibly being reached towards the end of this year or some provinces maybe early next year. Do you think that that's possible based on... Uh, yeah, so we've variants? had a slow start to our vaccination, obviously with, uh, with two, um, two issues around uh, AstraZeneca and then following this, the brief pause in the Johnson & Johnson vaccine. So we're quite far behind even in reaching the, uh, the protection for healthcare workers, which doesn't contribute to herd immunity, but does contribute to the safety and protection of healthcare workers, which allows us to be able to manage um, the infections in the country in our hospitals and clinics. But, uh, but herd immunity is likely to take a lot longer than we originally anticipated because obviously that was, was counting in that we would start yeah. and start at very high volumes in January which already, which we haven't. So, yeah. um, so uh, you know, we, we, we certainly have immense plans in place to, to get that community vaccination up but I think um, we have a lot of work to do on, uh, you know, that also did not take into account vaccine hesitancy. Um, and we're certainly seeing, even amongst healthcare workers, significant vaccine hesitancy, um, yeah. which wasn't helped with the pause in, uh, in, in the Johnson & Johnson um, yeah. vaccination. So, so we have a lot of work to do. <clears throat> and it's really important that, uh, that the community accepts that, um, that vaccination is is really the only way to to get back to some semblance of of life before COVID. Karen, we're going to need to leave it there. Thank you so much for speaking to us this morning. Um, there was Karen, who's a public health specialist and deputy dean at UCT's Faculty of Health Sciences, talking to us uh, about the B one one seven and the B one six one seven variants, which have come into the country. And it's going to be interesting to see um, whether uh, the Pfizer uh, or the Johnson & Johnson is going to be effective with these new variants coming into play. Weekdays, 6 to 9 a.m. with Bongani and Nala. Let's take off.